Welcome to episode 8 of the Boxing Fanatic Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Matias. And it's been probably about two months since I've done a podcast show. I've been pretty busy with my work schedule. It's always hard to try to get somebody on the podcast to join me um, with my afternoon schedule. But I'm going to try to <clears throat> excuse me, run this out as quick as I can and, and, see, uh, and see how this goes. Okay, so... A lot has happened since the last episode I recorded. Um, I'm not going to go through everything that I missed, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll start with uh, the beginning of May on some of the fights that, that happened so far. So on May 4th, uh, Golden Boy put uh, together Ryan Garcia's first main event on an ESPN card, which, um, which was headlined in... Um, in California at the StubHub Center, and it's from what I'm told and from what I saw, it it sold about 6,500, you know, tickets. So I think that's a pretty good um, turnout for Ryan Garcia, who's really a prospect. Um, you know, started started um, his career so far 14 and 0. Um, very flashy kid. He's quick. Uh, he's fast. Throws a lot of combinations. You know, a lot of people don't like him so much because of his um, uh, because of his personality. You know um, how he markets himself. You know on on Instagram and and Twitter and so forth. But he puts himself out there. Um, he knows how to um, market himself, how to promote himself. You know, the ladies love him, and even the guys too. From the comments that you read, um, you know he's. He's a talented kid, and, and this is probably Golden Boy's, um, you know, next star. He's going to be 20 years old in August, so um, he's already had 14 fights so far. So, you know, Golden Boy's moving him pretty quickly, uh, a little bit quicker than I think he's ready for. You've seen uh, Ryan Garcia on, on Twitter or Instagram as well calling out guys like Javante Davis, you know, guys that... Uh, already established champions. Um, you know, I just don't think he's ready for those guys yet. Uh, he 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 faced Jason Velez in Carson, California, in a ten round fight that ended up going the distance. Ryan Garcia won a unanimous decision uh, victory, scores of ninety nine ninety one uh, for all three judges. Um, you know, I think you know it, it was a good it was a good fight for. For Ryan Garcia, it was a good step up fight for him. Um, you know, he went rounds with uh, an established veteran like Jason Velez. You know, who who wasn't gonna quit. Who you know wasn't gonna just you know let Ryan Garcia do whatever he wanted to do. And um, it, it's good developmental experience for Ryan Garcia. You know, he's he's a young kid. Um, he wants to move up quick in the ranks, but I think you know after the performance he had, which wasn't terrible. But it just goes to show you how 
you know, how difficult this, you know, this boxing thing is. And, you know, he's, he's, he's young. There's no reason for him to rush up the ranks. Um, when he's ready, he's ready. I still think he's about, you know, two more years before contending for a, a belt. But um, we'll see what Golden Boy does. Uh, he's definitely not ready for the for the Javante Davises of the world yet. Um, the fight against Jason Velez, you know, he wasn't able to fight that well uh, in the pocket. Um, you know, but he he like I said, he lasted some ten rounds. He went the full ten rounds, and I think you know it's something that he needed to do for his development. So, you know, I think Golden Boy is going to keep on you know keeping him busy. Um, I read somewhere that he they may even you know um, bring out a softer opponent than you know a guy like a Jason Velez for Ryan Garcia's next fight. Um, like I said, it's 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 really nothing to be shy about for for Ryan Garcia and and you know I know he's a, he's a veteran he's a, you know he's a competitor and he wants to already be out there and and you know fight for belts, but. He needs to slow down a little bit, and, and Golden Boy would be wise to push him back a little bit until he's ready for the spotlight. The next day, that was on May 4th. The next day, May 5th, we had Gennady Golovkin take on Vinus Mudarosian. And this was supposed to be a big pay-per-view fight and a rematch between Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin. And it didn't turn out, you know, to fruition. Uh, due to Canelo's testing positive for clenbuterol in his February 17th and February 20th um, uh, positive uh, t testing through through VADA. And so that wound up canceling the fight. Um, Canelo pulled out through the fight about a month and a half beforehand. And it left Gennady Golovkin with some options. And, and I know people weren't happy with Finest Matarosian as, you know, as an opponent. I wasn't either. Um, you know, there was talks of maybe BJ Saunders probably being ready by the end of June to uh, to face Golovkin, but he was already, you know, signed and, you know, had a signed deal with uh, Martin Murray. So that fight's still taking place G uh, June 23rd. But, you know, Tom Loeffler has stayed firm. Um, he wanted, Gennady Golovkin wanted to fight on May 5th. He didn't want to you know, fight off that date, and he wants to, he's he's made it known that he wants to fight, you know, two more times at the end of the year. Uh, he, he knocked out Martirosian in, in two rounds. The first round, he didn't look too great. Uh, Martirosian actually did some some good boxing in the first round, and, and I'm not sure if Golovkin just, you know, was trying to feel out Martirosian, uh, but in the second round, Golovkin brought out the hammer and some, um, Amar Rojan and, and it didn't take long for him to, to knock him out in the second round. Martin Rojan hadn't fought previously. Martin Rojan hadn't fought in two years. And his last weight class was at 154 pounds at junior middleweight. So this was mismatch written all over the place. Uh, say what you like about it um, or dislike about it. You know, it, it does give Gennady Golovkin, you know, of an opportunity to stay, you know, you know, to, to keep fighting, you know, and not procrastinate on, on getting fights done. You know, he, he wants to be active. He wants to stay relevant. And um, this is what he wanted. So, it, but it's looking like we may get a the rematch between Triple G and Canelo September 15th on pay-per-view. 
Um, it, it all depends really on what Golden Boy and, and Tom Loffer wants to do. I think that rematch is probably inevitable. I don't see uh, Triple G going anywhere else. Triple G is not going to make nearly as much money um, fighting guys like Dervachenko or, or Jacobs or Charlo or even BJ Saunders. Uh, maybe B BJ Saunders in UK, but um, but I still think the big money is against uh, Canelo. And so after that fight, he said he wants to at least fight one more, possibly in December. And, you know, if, if that fight between Canelo and Triple G can get made and um, the fight can happen on September with no issues, you know, I'd like to see him, you know, fight guys like, you know, Dervachenko or Charlo. Um, there was... Talk too about him going to Japan uh, and fighting uh, Ryota Murata in um, in Japan, which Bob Air has said, who co-promotes uh, Murata, who said that that fight could do a lot of money in Japan. So that's another fight that Tom Loeffler and Gennady Golovkin might might consider in the in, in December after Canelo. Uh, but we'll see. It all depends on you know who he fights and, and who's available. Uh, for the asking price now for at him, you know, at this point for him, May 11th, uh, Devin Haney, a uh, pretty exciting prospect, had fo uh, fought his toughest opponent to date against uh, Mason Menard, uh, and he beat Mason Menard um, in the ninth round. Looked very good throughout the fight. I felt that he was, uh, you know, able to 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 box and move around well. He moved around a little too much, in my opinion, the first six, seven rounds of that fight. It wasn't until he started to settle down uh, on his punches more and, you know, really stood a little bit in front of, you know, Mason Menard a little bit more, where I think uh, Menard really felt more Dave, uh, Devin Haney's punches. You know, uh, Haney wasn't getting hit really in the, in the first six rounds of that fight, but again, he wasn't doing a lot of damage to Menard either. He was... He was Moving around and he was outboxing him pretty well, but um, in order to really get your opponent's respect and so forth, as soon as you know, once he continues to elevate his game and elevate you know his opponent selection, he's gonna have to do more and more of of sitting down on his punches in order to get uh, to gain some respect to his opponents. Uh, but I thought he looked good. He improved to 19-0. Devin Haney, um, I thought he. Uh, he boxed Menard beautifully, and uh, the sky's the limit for Devin Haney. You know he's he's a bright prospect, um, and we'll see we'll go from there. He's he fights at uh, lightweight right now. Um, he's a young kid. He's um, he's 19 years of age as well too. So he already has 19 professional bouts, 13 knockouts. Uh, this is another kid to watch out for along with Ryan Garcia in the future. The next day, we had a big uh, ESPN card, and Vasil Lomachenko taking on Jorge Linares for Linares's uh, Ring Magazine and uh, WBA belt. Um, and it was a really, it, it was a really good fight. Um, there were some people that were down on this fight because the way Linares had looked for the past few fights, uh, but there was no doubt that Linares was the king of the lightweight division. Um, if not second best fighter, next to uh, Mikey Garcia, uh, and Basil Lomachenko looked really good. It was a lot of um, speed, skills um, that came into that fight. Basil Lomachenko went down in the sixth round, 
Uh, and it was a flash knockdown from Linares' right hand. He caught Lomachenko coming. He got a little too confident and uh, caught him with the right hand, and, and Lomachenko went down. He didn't seem hurt. He got up right away and and, and um, seemed okay about it. Uh, but after that, Lomachenko decided to step it up the pace a little bit more, uh, landing combinations, moving in and out. Uh, Linares won a few rounds, in my opinion, as well. In the 10th round, uh, Lomachenko landed, I think, a 7-8 to eight punch combination that floored Jorge Linares. And um, he got him to the liver shot, and, and he got up and just couldn't continue, and the ref had to stop the fight. Uh, and Lomachenko won by TKO, uh, improving to 11-1 and, one and uh, with 9 knockouts. The scorecards were were pretty close. Um, I'm not going to complain too much about them. Uh, Julie Letterman scored at 85-85. Robin Taylor, 86-84 for uh, George uh, Jorge Linares, which I don't necessarily agree with. And Steve Weisfeld scored at 84-86 for Lomachenko. That's the same scorecard I had uh, for Vasil Lomachenko. I just don't see how uh, Linares was winning that fight. Uh, I think Lomachenko did more throughout that fight. Um, but I mean, 86-84 isn't really the end of the world. Um, it was, it was a close competitive fight and, and it was a lot better than what people really initiated. And, you know, uh, I seen people after the fight, you know, say that Linares quit and he did not quit. I saw a fighter trying to get up from a liver shot and by the ninth, you know, by the eighth or ninth, uh, count, uh, from the referee, you know, Linares saw that he couldn't continue. Now he could have let Linares go go forward, um, but the referee was the one that stopped the fight. Linares didn't stop the fight. Um, he didn't quit. The referee was the one that stopped the fight. He saw that Linares was still hurt, and it would have been probably a worse outcome if Linares would have stayed in, inside the ring because he was just about done from that body shot. You know, um, a spectacular performance by both fighters. Um, you know, it's this is this was Lomachenko's first fight at lightweight, and so, you know, um, I think he I thought he looked really good. Um, I think lightweight is probably his max limit in terms of moving up in weight. Um, I think at this point Lomachenko should sit at this weight for at least another three years. Um, there's talk about probably Bob Arum matching Lomachenko up in December or November with uh, Manny Pacquiao at a catch weight of 140 pounds. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I don't think Lomachenko looked all that big at lightweight. And, you know, Linares looked, you know, pr pretty big, uh, in comparison to Lomachenko. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, Lomachenko will return on August uh, 25th, probably at the Forum. And it'll most likely be against Ray Beltran. You know, both guys are promoted by top rank, um, you know, it's an easy fight to make. Both guys have belts now. Uh, Beltran has a WBO belt at lightweight, and now uh, Lomachenko has a WBA belt. Uh, so I think a unification fight is completely fine with me. Beltran is still considered a top 10 lightweight opponent anyways. So, you know, Lom uh, Bob Aaron said he wants to keep uh, Lomachenko active. And it's a smart thing to do because, you know, when, when fighters fight three to four times a year, you know, the fans... You know, the fans watch. Um, and they made it apparent, too, with Gennady Golovkin. You know, the more he fought, you know, the more recognition he got, the more, you know, the more people talked about him, you know, and 
Golovkin was selling out, you know, the forum when he fought, um, uh, who was it? I think it was, uh, let me, let me look. He, he fought, um, he sold out the forum when he fought, uh, William Monroe Jr. And, um, you know, that's when Golovkin back then was fighting three or four times a year. And I think, um, I think Lomachenko's is, would be his best bet was, you know, to keep on fighting, uh, three or four times a year. Uh, I think Bob Aaron sees that, you know, top rank sees that, you know, they have all the dates for him uh, to be as active as possible. So that's what I'd like to see. Um, Mikey Garcia, excuse me, Mikey Garcia will be fighting um, Robert Issa Jr. July 28th, I believe in the Staples Center. So, you know, people that want Lomachenko and Mikey Garcia to fight, um, this this Garcia and Robert Easter Jr. fight is also going to be for unification fight, um, but the Lomachenko and Garcia fight won't happen this year. Um, I don't see it happening, um, and you know I don't think Lomachenko should be waiting around until July 28th either to see you know to try to start negotiating with Mikey Garcia. Um, you know I think it's smart for Bob Aaron to keep him active. He should keep on fighting, and and, and he shouldn't take this route the way Gennady Golovkin has to take, has been taking the route where he had to, um, you know, miss on some dates because, you know, he had to accommodate for, you know, Canelo's schedule. You know, that being said, he, Canelo was the A side, but um, Lomachenko would, you know, would do well by continuing on to fight, to fight on. That same day, um... Jaime Munguia fought Saddam Ali, and that was for Ali's, let me see, the W, yeah, it, was, it was for Ali's WBO belt, um, and a lot of people didn't know how to feel about this, I didn't know how to feel about this either, um, Jaime Munguia still, you know, rated as a prospect, um, you know, he, he, he beat Saddam Ali, and uh, he ended up improving to 29 and 0 with 25 knockouts. It was a brutal, brutal fight. Uh, Saddam Ali looked like he did not um, belong there at all in that weight class. And the only reason why he was defending it was because he defeated Miguel Cotto last year for that belt when Miguel Cotto had it. Um, but it, it, there's no doubt it's either you know Ali didn't you know doesn't belong in that weight class or maybe Jaime Munguia is just too big for that weight class. Um, but I'll I'll take my bet, and I think Ali just wasn't. It just isn't a hundred and fifty four pound fighter. He's a he's a welterweight fighter, and I think he needs to go back down to one hundred and forty seven because fighting anybody else at one fifty four, I think everybody will kill him the way you know my, uh, Jaime Munguia did. Uh, Salam Ali is fast. You know he's got you know good combinations, but he just you know I just don't think he has a chin. Uh, to keep up with any of the uh, junior middleweights. Um, underneath that fight, that was uh, the co-main event for HBO was Ray Vargas against Azat Hovanishian. And, you know, that had Vargas winning a unanimous decision. Um, scorecards of 116 to 112, 117 to 111, 118 to 110. Uh, that last scorecard by Kevin Morgan, 118 to 110, I'm not sure what he was watching I scored the fight 115-113 for Ray Vargas. I thought it was a very close fight. I thought Azak Hovanishan did a great job, you know, keeping up the pressure, um, 
you know, cutting off the ring here and there and landing brutal over right-hand shots against Ray Vargas. Harold Letterman of HBO also had a 115 to 113. I just don't see any way how Ray Vargas uh, won 10 rounds in that fight. Um, you know, he, he did a good job, you know, using, um, you know, his, his jab and his combinations and his body punching on Hovenesian. And I think that's what's probably, you know, the difference to uh, Ray Vargas giving the you know the nod, but you know this is another guy in Ray Vargas who fights at 122 pounds. I'm not sure how he makes 122 pounds. This guy's you know this guy's looks extremely tall and lanky for the division. Um, it says here that he's five seven and a half, but he looks a lot bigger than five seven and a half. I think he might be like five nine, um, but. You know, this this is a guy that he should be able to use his reach and his length more to his advantage. Um, this looks like he's more of like another, you know, Robert Easter Jr. Although I, I do think Ray Vargas is a little bit better than Robert Easter Jr. Um, but these guys, I mean, Ray Vargas, you know, needs to use that jab more and, and, and use those combinations and, and, and use, you know, his his upper body movement to um, better to uh, duck some of the punches that were coming his way. Needless to say, either way, um, Ray Vargas is still going to be uh, a heavy hitter in that division. Um, so, you know, he's he's going to be very tough to beat. You know, a lot of the guys are in the division are, are shorter than him. So, um, you know, in order to beat him, I think you have to have that, you know, um, style that uh, Azad Hovhannisian uh, had and, and, it's, and it's come pressure him and and not shy away from uh, uh, from his length and his uh, his reach. This uh, Saturday night on H on uh, I'm sorry on Showtime, there's a really good doubleheader uh, between Adonis Stevenson and Badu Jack, and Gary Russell Jr. and uh, Joseph Diaz Jr. Good to see uh, PBC and Golden Boy uh, hashing up, working it out to uh, be able to make a deal for that fight. Um, well, these two fights are going to be in two separate uh, locations. Stevenson and Jack is going to be in Toronto, while Russell Jr. and Joseph Diaz is going to be in Maryland. Um, I, I still can't pick a winner for this uh, Stevenson-Jack fight. This is probably Stevenson's um, most credible opponent in the next in the last three or four years. Um, but Badu Jack is, is moving up in weight. Um, I, I just don't know how he's going to be able to handle Stevenson's... Um, power. Uh, Stevenson is very limited in, 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 in fighting. He's a good counter puncher. He, um, you know, he just, you know, he just has that, uh, you know, that big right hand. Um, but you know, he's, he's not, it seems like he's just more, more one dimensional with that power. Um, but you know, I think Badu Jack has the, he definitely has the skills in order to win a decision over Stevenson. It's just knowing if he could, you know, withstand that power that Stevenson can can drop at any moment I, I still haven't picked a winner I think right now I'm leaning more towards Adonis Stevenson simply for the fact because um you know Badu Jack is coming up in weight and I just I'm I can't be a hundred percent on my pick in order to pick against Stevenson right now against Badu Jack nevertheless if Stevenson does win this fight I think Stevenson should get the credit um 
for this fight, unlike his his past few fights in the past few years where he's been inactive as well. Uh, Bino Jack is, is a formidable 168 fighter who, you know, moved up. It was probably one of the best 168 fighters at the time. Uh, and, you know, is moving up to 175. And uh, it's it's a good fight. You know, hats off to Bino Jack for, you know, fighting a top opponent in his first in his first fight moving up to lightweight. Um, but right now I'm leaning towards Adonis Stevenson winning the fight. But it certainly wouldn't surprise me to see Badu Jack win the fight. In the co-main event, Gary Russell Jr. against Joseph Diaz Jr. Um, this is going to be a very interesting fight because as skilled and as talented Gary Russell Jr. is, um, he may have a problem with Joseph Diaz Jr. Um, you know, Diaz is a counterpuncher. He's not as quick as Gary Russell Jr. He's not as talented as Gary Russell Jr., but he's he's been a lot more active than than Russell has. Uh, so I'm very interested to see how this fight pans out. You know, I think um, I think the majority of fans out there are rooting for uh, for Diaz and Badu Jack to win these fights. Um, you know, Gary Russell hasn't been active. He doesn't seem like he really cares that much to stay active and and you know uh, please the fans. So um, it would be a lot better to see Joseph Diaz Jr. win because we all know Golden Boy is going to, you know, give him the fights and um, keep him more active the way he's been the past few years. Um, but right now I'm going to lean towards uh, Russell Jr. I think skills and uh, um, talent-wise will prevail uh, Joseph Diaz Jr. despite how inactive Russell Jr. has been. Uh, picking Russell Jr., um, and a competitive unanimous decision win. All right, those are the fights that uh, I just covered up. Uh, on news, Eddie Hearn announced a big uh, U.S. deal in um, in getting a eight-year, one billion dollar deal with um, Perform, uh, quote unquote, uh, the Zone. Um, I'm I'm hearing that this. Streaming, it's a, it's going to be a streaming platform, and he's going to have 16 shows a year in the U.S. Um, also, in addition to the other 16 shows that he, he's going to have in the U.K. that he already does, you know, with guys like Kel Brook, Amir Khan, Dylan White, and probably Anthony Joshua as well. It's looking like uh, his, uh, his American fighter, Daniel Jacobs, is still going to keep on fighting on HBO for the, uh, for the meantime. But I wouldn't, you know, be surprised to see Daniel Jacobs, you know, move to the Zone uh, platform. Um, the um, the um, the rights or or when the platform and, and the streaming platform is going to be out probably won't be until June. I think the uh, the company isn't going to, you know, let us know until like the end of June um, how much this new app is going to cost and. And, you know, what kind of sports is it's going to have. Because I know in Germany, I think Canada, and I forgot somewhere else, this platform is already showing. And uh, people seem to have liked the platform in those other countries. You know, we'll see, you know, what they can provide us here in the United States. And uh, a lot of people aren't too happy about it because people already have to pay about $10 for Showtime. You know, $15 for HBO. You know, an extra $5 for ESPN+. And, uh... This is rumored to be priced at anywhere between ten to twenty dollars here in the United States. So um, people aren't happy with it, but you know this gives Eddie Hearn a huge budget 
for for every year for the next eight years. So he's already said in his press conference when announcing this deal that he's looking to sign fighters that aren't signed with promoters and and basically a lot of the PBC roster. He's already called out, you know, that he wants to sign guys like you know Deontay Wilder, Keith Thurman, Errol Spence, you know, the Charlo brothers. So um, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see you know how loyal these guys stay with Al Heyman. Um, you know, it, it's it's gonna take a while for this the zone streaming platform to take place. Um, you know, luckily for Eddie Hearn, this is an eight-year deal, so it might take two or three years for consumers to really buy into this product. You know, already paying for so much other boxing content here, not to mention pay-per-view. Um, but what what's good to point out is that is that you know the the budget he says Eddie Hearn says is 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 almost this, you know, and combined with HBO and Showtime, which he said there would be no pay-per-views coming out of this platform. Um, and he was said, he said, you know, fights like, um, you know, Gennady Golovkin and Daniel Jacobs, you know, which was on pay-per-view here in the United States on HBO, wouldn't be pay-per-view on the stream because they would, uh, on this platform, because they would have enough in the budget to pay these guys you know, including a you know fight like Andre Ward and Sergey Kovalev, which ended up on pay per view. Uh, Heard said, you know, those are the type of fights that he can you know be able to buy and and be able to stream on the platform. Uh, he said he's looking to to do twelve good shows on the U.S. Uh, for the for the platform and four really really big shows. And those big shows, you know, are in comparison to big shows like. You know, Jacobs, Golovkin, and, and Ward Kovalev uh, that are probably pay-per-view here in the United States. Um, he, will be, he will be looking to do about four of those shows here in the United States on a platform without having to charge pay-per-view. Uh, this is going to be a long process. I think he said, I think Hearn said his first uh, show would be in September. Um, the, um, the, the app will be announced somewhere in June, <clears throat> but... He, Hearn's gonna have to work really hard to uh, to start signing fighters in order to get you know these you know these fighters in this platform. Um, it's rumored that Mikey Garcia might be signing with Eddie Hearn with this deal, um, but there's also rumors too that Mikey Garcia might be signing with uh, Zufa Boxing, and that's um, will be a, that would be Dan White's promotional company that he wants to start up in in, um, in boxing. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for the next uh, few months and what type of fighters Hearn is able to sign. I think it's it's it, it would be smart for you know these guys to on the PBC to to um, to sign with Hearn and I, I'm not saying that all of them need to sign with Hearn because Showtime is doing an incredible job in my opinion with you know getting fights and and putting on competitive fights. Uh, the only problem is is that they're not able to keep these guys as active as as they should um so you know if some of these guys from the pvc leave to go to to the hern you know streaming platform it gives more of an opportunity for some of the guys that would want to remain loyal to al Heyman and want to stay with the pvc and showtime uh to have more dates for them to to fight you know three or four times uh a year if uh if if they want to plan out to do this and to do so so that's about it. That's all I'm going to cover for right now. Um, I'm still working and seeing if I can get some more co-hosts to come on the show. Um, like I said, it's, it's pretty hard because of my uh, my work schedule and working afternoons and so forth. Uh, 
but I'm going to try to do this show at least once a week, if not, you know, twice a month. Um, and that's it. Thanks for listening, guys.